Thank you, Jesus. Beloved, we will continue to bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to take this special opportunity to welcome each and everyone to our midweek service in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Beloved, let us begin to bless the name of the Lord. Let us begin to restore the name of the Lord. I don't know about you, but for me, if there's anything that I seek, if there's anything that I desire, is to be in the presence of the Lord in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. Is to be in the presence of the Lord in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Do you need the Lord? Yes. Do you need the Lord? Is that your desire? Are you, are, are, are you at the place where you say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Just like we, we desire the things of this world, just like we desire the, the, the temporal things of this world, just as we desire the, the, the things that we think will give us satisfaction in the mighty name of Jesus, do you desire the Lord? Does the Lord give you satisfaction? We want to come before his presence and say, Father, I lay aside everything to might and I look up unto you and I acknowledge my need of you. I need you, oh Lord, I need you. Oh, will you identify with the psalmist that said, I need you, oh Lord, I need you. You are my one desire, my heart desire, the one I live for. Do you live for the Lord? Are you on the altar of the Lord as a living sacrifice? Tonight, you want to come before his presence and say, Father, I need you. As as an individual, I need you. As a family, I need you. As a church, I need you. Oh, as a husband, I need you. As a wife, I need you. As a son, I need you. As a daughter, I need you. And say, I cannot do without you. In the mighty name of Jesus, beloved, will you lift up your voice and begin to invite him into your life one more time. In the mighty name of Jesus, there are several times that we invite people into our homes. In the mighty name of Jesus, and we don't find anything wrong with it. They come to our home every time, but every time we invite them. I believe tonight is an opportunity to invite the Lord into your life one more time. And to invite the Lord into your home one more time. To invite the Lord into your affairs one more time. And say, Father, I need you. I need you to protect me. I need you to provide for me. I need you to heal me. I need you to sanctify me. I need you to cleanse me. I need you to wash me. I need you to purify me. I need you to provide for me. I need you to sustain me. Is that your prayer tonight? Will you lift up your voice and join the heavenly host and say, Father, I need you tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, Maya Kabayakata, that Father, you will speak through us, that you will minister through us. Father, every household represented here tonight, every family represented here tonight, every generation represented 
represented here tonight. Father, have not just come to add up to the numbers, but Father, every family, every name, every household represented here tonight, represent a nation and a need. Therefore, Father, we pray, Almighty God, you are the need meter. You are the God who meets our need. You are the God who supplies all of our needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. Therefore, Father, we pray tonight. Father, it is you who can touch every need. Hey, the need that are oblivious to us, the need that we cannot see, the need that we cannot hear. Father, you are the one who hears in secret in the mighty name of Jesus, wherever we are at, almighty God. Father, touch needs and meet needs in the mighty name of Jesus. Deliver your sons and daughters from every manner of affliction and pain in the mighty name of Jesus. And let your power, let your victory, let your grace be multiplied unto us like never before in the mighty name of Jesus. Hey, let the burden removing anointing, the yoke destroying anointing rest upon our life, that which has become a burden, that which has become a yoke. Father, as we encounter you tonight, Father, you remove it and you destroy for us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We thank you, most eternal Father. Unto you be glory, unto you be all honor, unto you be praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, beloved, we still in the attitude of prayer. We want to pray and lift our world onto the hands of the Lord. We want to lift the families that have lost men and women that has lost father and mother, that have lost sons and daughters, nieces, aunties, and uncles, grandparents, or friends and cousins and relatives. Hey, to COVID-19, we want to lift them before the Lord. I was speaking to one of my minister friends yesterday, and I was saying that if even though UK has passed 100,000 deaths, it is not just numbers or statistics. Every number represents a family. Every number represents a father. Every number represents a mother. Every number represents a daughter, a son. Every number represents a grandparent. Every number represents a relative, a beloved cousin. Every number represents a, a beloved sister. Every number represents represent a life of a dearly beloved, beloved, and people are in agony and in pain. Beloved, we want to lift our prayer tonight and remember this 100,000 people, their families, their loved ones, their friends, their associates, their, their colleagues, their, their friends. We want to lift them before the Lord, that the God of comfort, the God of peace, by all means, who make his peace eh, be available unto these families and touch these families and deliver them from every head and minimize every head in the mighty name of Jesus and save us from further death in the mighty name of Jesus due to COVID-19 in the mighty name of Jesus. Beloved, will you lift up your voice and pray? Beloved, many a time we talk about the death. We don't think of the families and the people involved the family that are hurting, the 
their family that could not even have the privilege and opportunity to see their loved one on their last journey. Beloved, the pain and the hardship that has brought onto them. Some are not able to forgive themselves. And as a result, some are developing mental issues and mental challenges. Tonight, we want to lift them before the Lord. We want to remember them before the Lord. That the God who is a need meter, the God who comforts and the God who consoles and the God who, who, who dried up our tears. The Lord, our God, will comfort the comfortless in the mighty name of Jesus. Hey, that the peace of God that surpass all understanding hey, will overshadow these families in the mighty name of Jesus and the family remaining here. That the, the, the blood of Jesus will secure us. That the blood of Jesus will protect us and deliver us from said pain and agony in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we lift each and every family eh, that has that are in pain, that are traumatized as a result of losing a loved one to COVID-19. Father, you know the families. Hey, in the United Kingdom, over 100,000 families. Oh, over in America, over 400,000 families. Father, we lift the nations of our world unto you. We are living in a world that is in mourning right now. Therefore, we pray, Almighty God, Father, you are the one who can touch this numerous heart. Oh, Father, globally over 2 million people have lost their life to this pandemic. Father, you are the only one who can reach to these 2 million homes at a time and comfort them. No government will be able to bring comfort and and and. and and closure to these families. But Father, you are the God of comfort. You are the God of comfort. You are the God who comforts us when we mourn. You are the God who comforts us when we are in mourning. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, because you lost your son, Jesus Christ, you know how to be in pain for losing a loved one. Only the God is son. Therefore, Father, you are in a better position to comfort these two over two million homes. Hey, that are mourning because they have lost someone that is dear to them to this pandemic father reached onto every home and even the home that has not experienced any any loss that father their blood will preserve them that their blood will protect them that their blood will deliver us in the mighty name of jesus but beloved we continue to pray and lift our key workers onto the hands of the lord hey, that by the grace of god the, the lord of all mercy and all grace will make his grace abound unto our key workers and will continue to protect and to preserve them in the mighty name of Jesus. Those that are working in the A&E, those that are working in COVID ward, those that are working in hospitals, those that are working in nursing homes, those who are working in the supermarkets, in the mighty name of Jesus, the lorry drivers that are working so hard to make sure that they are constant supply, even those that are delivering the medication in the mighty name of Jesus, those that are involved in the immunization in the mighty name of Jesus, the drivers that are distributing the, the vaccines, making sure that they get to the appropriate place at the right time. Father, we commit all of them onto their mighty hands. Oh, the nurses that are working tirelessly eh, in the vaccination program, 
God. We commit all of them unto the mighty hands in the mighty name of Jesus. Every person working towards and successfully to make sure that this program takes off without any hitches. Father, we commit them unto the mighty hands in the mighty name of Jesus. That Father, whilst we, we receive blessing, but Father, our trust is in you, that you are our divine protector in the mighty name of Jesus. You are the preservation of our soul and of our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. You are the one who strengthened us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, we thank your mighty God, that the blood of Jesus covers us in the mighty name of Jesus, restores us and strengthens us in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, let the same grace be available unto all these key workers. Protect their families, protect their families, protect their household. Father, even as they watch and care for the most vulnerable, Father, may you watch over them in the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we give you praise. Beloved, will you continue to thank him? Will you bless the name of the Lord? Will you exalt his name? Will you magnify him? Will you come before him with thanksgiving? In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you tonight. We are grateful unto you, almighty God, for your loving kindness in the mighty name of Jesus, for your protection and your preservation in the mighty name of Jesus. Unto you be all glory, unto you be all honor, unto you be all praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. Beloved, will you put your hands together for the Lord? Hallelujah. For his wonderful kindness to the children of men in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. Beloved, God bless you and we thank God for your life and your family, your household. Hallelujah. And I believe it is not by chance that we have gathered here tonight, but the, 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 the mercy of God will locate us. The grace of our Lord God Almighty will abound unto us and his power and his spirit will overshadow us and grant us peace in the mighty name of Jesus. I want to thank God for your life, for standing in the gap for the over 2 million people globally that have lost their lives to COVID-19 and their families to stand in the gap and to remember them that the Lord will take away their pain and minimize their hurt in the mighty name of Jesus. And may I encourage you to make a part of your daily prayer request, hallelujah, that daily mm -hmm. God will strengthen them, that daily God will preserve them, that daily God will alleviate the pain of their heart in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. And beloved, God has been gracious unto us I don't know, but if you are here tonight, I can testify on your behalf that God has been gracious unto you and God has been kind unto you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. And 
tonight. I am so grateful to God for the word that he has given unto us for such a time as this. Amen. As I was minding my own business and reflecting on what to minister tonight, the Lord spoke clearly unto me and I quickly grabbed my phone and made a note of what he wanted me to speak tonight. And for the next few weeks, we'll be dealing with a subject, cultivating an attitude of gratitude. Amen. Wherever you are, I want you to say, cultivating an attitude of gratitude. Hallelujah. I want you to Amen. say it again. I am cultivating an attitude, attitude of, gratitude. of gratitude. And I want you to personalize it that I am, I am cultivating. It means that it is not something that you will finish today or tomorrow. Every day of your life, you continue to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I believe if we are not lacking or deficient in gratitude, the Lord will not bring us and to remind us that as a body, as a church, as a ministry, as a city, and as a nation, beloved, you might think you are alone or you are just by yourself, but the Lord does not see you alone or by yourself. The Lord sees you as a nation. Hallelujah. So you are a multitude all by yourself. And if we are not deficient in gratitude, if we are not deficient in gratitude, the Lord will not walk us on this journey where every day of our lives, the moment he blesses us with, we begin to cultivate this habit called gratitude. Hallelujah. What do we mean when we talk of cultivating an attitude of gratitude? Hallelujah. And tonight, I would just want to introduce this subject, hallelujah, of gratitude. And in the course of the following weeks, hallelujah, we'll be adding flesh to the skeleton, the bones, hallelujah, where we will be fully taught, hallelujah, and we will be teachable to also learn that the Lord requires our gratitude, hallelujah, and I'll show you in the scripture how God demands and requires our gratitude, hallelujah, and how God also responds to gratitude, in the mighty name of Jesus. And I, I was not surprised when the word cultivate came to me. Hallelujah. And to cultivate is to deal with 
agriculture, hallelujah. It is a word that is associated with farming, hallelujah. The farmer understand what it means to cultivate, hallelujah. It means to prepare to work, hallelujah. Is to prepare and to work on, hallelujah. When a farmer talks of cultivating, cultivating a, a crop, he, he has on his mind to prepare the land, hallelujah. And how many of us know that preparation of a land takes time, hallelujah. I mean, I, I've done some farming with my grandmother back home in Ghana before, hallelujah. Whilst I was a teenager, praise God, a little boy, maybe from 10 or 10 to 11, 15, 16, thereabout. We used to accompany my grandmother, who is now about 93 years old, to the farm, hallelujah, to the farm. And we, we saw, we will go and read. When it is time, it was a kind of a plantain plantation, hallelujah, where she planted a plantain um, and from the stacks. So before we do that, you go and, 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 and clear the grounds, the land. You go and read. We used to call it read. Hallelujah. And there's something we used to call, um, you go and palm the farm. Hallelujah. I, I don't know how, what's, how to make you understand that. But after we have weeded the land, we will gather the weeds and sometimes you will set the whole land on fire. You will set it on fire to clear the weeds and everything. And when the land, the farm, the land is burnt and all the weeds are gone, we will go and we will be taking the stumps off the, the ground. They used to call it yeah, palm assassino. Praise God. I don't know. They, they are palming or removing the stumps of the, the ground of the land, hallelujah. And it will take several times. And that was in preparation for that, hallelujah, especially in the corn season, when we are preparing the land to plant corn, hallelujah. And sometimes this corn are planted, intercepted in the uh, plantation farm, hallelujah. So we remove all the stumps, the, the, the tree, the, the the tiny trees that we, we cut off and we remove the, the stems with the root out of it. We have to do that on the whole land before we will begin to plant the seed so that those stems will not hinder the growth of the, the, the seed. Praise God. And as a child, we didn't do much, but we saw our grandmother she will hire laborers, sometimes about 15, 20 people, laborers on the farm to remove their stamps and to do all the palming, they call it that, that, that time, to get the land ready for planting. Praise God. And it took, it took time. Sometimes that is all you do the whole day. Praise God. The whole day we will do that. And every farmer knows the preparation of the land is as important for the growth of their crop, the, how well you prepare the land. And sometimes after we have done that, we kind of 
throw fertilizers on the ground, on the land. Hallelujah. We, 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 we just spread fertilizers on the ground to enrich the soil. Sometimes also we use animal manure to spread over the land. We believe that the, the animal manure had nutrients to help the land bring forth its best produce. So we will do all of that. And if God sends us rain, it, it's believed that the rain will go deep into the soil and fertilize, I mean, mixed with the fertilizers and the animal manure to enhance bounty harvest. Are you following me? So concentration is not just on planting as much as we can, but much attention is focused in the preparation of the land. If we must have a bountiful harvest, if we must achieve great harvest, we must spend time to prepare the land, to kill the pest, the insect that will eat the, the seed on the ground, that will destroy the seed as they germinate, as they begin to sprout out of the ground. Hallelujah. So the farmer understands that, that the most crucial part of his season is preparing the land to receive the seed. Uh, is someone with me this evening? Hallelujah. So to cultivate is to prepare. And to prepare, if I want to bring it into our domestic home for better understanding, if someone is preparing, I mean, in this case, I will use peanut soup because it's Everybody know that I love peanut soup. Praise God. I, I love peanut soup. So I will use peanut soup as opposed to or as compared to making of sandwiches. Praise God. When you are making a peanut soup, it takes time. Amen. I used to have a go with Minister Teresa and Lady Gipti when I want to come to the kitchen and make my my, my special, praise God. And I, I, I will ask them, when you are making your soup, do you fry the peanut to get the oil out of it or you just dump the peanuts in the soup like that? It's our secret, amen. It takes time. You've got to prepare the meat. You've got to cut your onions. You've got to blend your tomatoes and, and pepper. You've got to do everything. And I mean, if you are like me, you want to fry the, the peanuts on, on a separate fire till the oil begins to come out so that when you put it in the soup, in no time, it is cooked. I mean, shabu shabu. Amen. If you haven't got time to waste, you haven't got time to let the ladder stay in the soup so that it doesn't overflow the pot. I don't know why in Ghana the peanut soup always overflow the pot, but here in UK, they, they never do. Amen. So we will kind of put a ladder in the in the in the soup so that it doesn't overflow. But it takes time. Amen. As compared to making a sandwich, you just grab the bed the bread, and if you are like me, you don't eat butter, you just put your ham in it and you are done. But they don't taste the same. 
Amen. They never taste the same. So what I want to draw your attention to, and I'm taking my time so that you understand what it means to cultivate. If you are cultivating an attitude of thanksgiving, you don't just do it for five minutes and say, I am done. The farmer does not do that. And the best chef, I mean, they spend awesome amount of time to prepare their, their, their meal before they begin to put their ingredients in. And sometimes they take a little amount of time to, to dish the food itself, but they take much long hours in preparing, making sure they've got all the spices, making sure that the temperature or the, the, the oven is at the appropriate gas mass. I used to hear all this in Get Ready, Cook Steady, and I say, when are they talking about gas masks and all of that? But they need to get it right to know that their end product will be delicious for any partaker of that meal. Amen. So I believe the word cultivate is admonishing us that we've got to take time sometimes and taking time sometimes if you want to think of the goodness of God. Many a times it, it you take time to reflect and to recount of his manifold blessings. You can't just rush within two minutes say, I can't even remember what the Lord did for me in 2020. So the Lord didn't do anything for me. Sometimes you need to take stock and taking stock of the goodness of God to be grateful takes time. Amen. Sometimes you have to isolate yourself in a place of solitude, in a place of quiet to think and to recount and to remember all of his wonderful kindness to us to show our gratitude. So this is the process and the steps a farmer will go through to prepare the land before planting. Hallelujah. Before planting his crop. And to cultivate also is to promote or improve the growth of. So he doesn't just prepare the land and when he has planted, he leaves it and go to sleep. Come harvest time to harvest. No. They promote and improve the growth of the plant. So from time to time, I witnessed my grandmother in the farm somewhere in Ghana. And as the, the corn or the maize is growing up, shoot up and growing up, there are times we will go and scatter fertilizers again to aid the, the growth and bountiful 
corn harvest. Praise God. There are times we, we, we will go and spray some insecticide on the farm so that the, the insect will not eat the leaves to cause drought and to cause the, 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 the crops not to produce. Amen. And there are times that we will go and also read around the crops so that my grandmom will say that so that they can have some fresh air so that the reeds will not hinder the air that the, the crops need to grow. So we will go and we will read between the crops so that they will have the necessary air that they need to grow. What are they doing? They are promoting the growth. They are improving the growth of the plant. And every farmer will do this intentionally if he wants to secure bountiful harvest. Amen. So I believe to cultivate the attitude of gratitude requires our time. And many a time, because we are in such a rush generation, we live in a rush generation, that we haven't got the time to take stock. We haven't got the time to promote. We haven't got a time to improve, even to appreciate the very things God has given us for free. Amen. Hallelujah. And what do we mean by gratitude? Hallelujah. Tonight, mm -hmm. I want to lay the foundation so that when we begin to add flesh to their bones, hallelujah, we know that we have not been saved with bones that will not satisfy us. Amen. And some of us, mm -hmm. our teeth are not sensitive that we can chew the bones. So we must add some flesh to the bones, hallelujah, so that we can flow and be productive and be fruitful as God ordained us to be. Somebody shout hallelujah. What do we mean by gratitude? Hallelujah. And as I was looking at this, I decided to check through my, to check through dictionary. You know, sometimes we think we understand English, but sometimes if, we, if I'm to ask you, what is gratitude? You understand, but you can't explain it to me. That means that you don't really understand the word gratitude. You have heard it being used several times. So you think you understand, but you don't. Is anybody agreeing with me? Let me see, Dickness Betty, thank you. I, I see your hand, thank you. Sometimes we, we hear the word and we think that we use it, so we think we understand. So I decided to not take the word for granted, but check it, the meaning, what it really means. 
So I, I grabbed my phone. I've got a, an app on my phone called Dictionary. Amen. So I went and I typed the word gratitude. And this is what the dictionary gave me. It says, the quality or feeling of being grateful or thankful. Amen. Then I realized that as believers, we are not thankful enough. Myself included, and you are not without exception. Amen. Because if the Lord is leading us on this track to cultivate an attitude of gratitude, all it's the Lord requires of us is that we must live a thankful life. And our thankfulness should not be a shabby thanksgiving. It might be quality. Amen. It might be quality. So when you are thanking God, you cannot rush it. Amen. You cannot rush it. It has to be quality. You must take your time. So we must live in the arena of thanksgiving every day of our life. Today, if we are to take census of each one of us, how many thank yous have you said today? I don't want to see a, a hands lifted up, but you know yourself. When you got up from your bed till now, how many thank yous have you said today? Some of us, we got up, the first thing, we got into the shower, we had a bath. And you know, in this country, and especially at this time, we use a lot of hot bath. And you got out of your bath, you were not bent with hot water. Did you say thank you for not receiving bends? How many thank yous have we said today? So if I say that we are deficient, we are not living in the attitude of thankfulness, I don't think I'm the only one. Amen. I don't think I am the only one. So it is the quality of feeling of being grateful. How many of us are grateful for where we are at now? That we don't compare ourselves to our neighbor that we don't compare ourselves to our friends, that we don't compare our marriage to others, that we don't compare our cars with others. We are not even grateful that we have cars, but now we look at our neighbor's new car and we think that God has not been good to us. And sometimes we even have the nerves to say that and they are not born again, and they're driving their best car. 
they living in their big house. And me, Holy Spirit fell, tongue talking man, tongue talking woman, I don't drive that kind of car. Where is your attitude of gratitude? Amen. Is anybody following me tonight? Hallelujah. So what is your position? What is your feeling? And what is your disposition of thankfulness or gratefulness? That is your attitude. How is your position? When it comes to thankfulness, where do you stand? Are you a thankful person? Are you a thankful daughter? Are you a thankful son? Or are you a son that when you are giving the thing, they have to call you and take it back because you haven't said thank you. We used to do that. Our parents used to do that to us a lot. When they buy you something and you take it, Sometimes, even with your left hand, they will smack you and, and you get your senses and you go with your right hand. And if you take it, and sometimes they don't even wait for you to say thank you. If you don't say it as soon as you get it, they take the thing off you. Sometimes when I'm driving and I give people way and they don't raise their hands in their car to say thank you or flash their hazard on, to say thank you or fly their light for me to see that they are grateful. I say, look at this useless driver. He didn't even have the courtesy to say thank you. I mean, if you drive with me a lot, you, you see you, you see me say some of this thing. Why? He is not obliged to say thank you. He didn't ask me to give you. But you see, as human as I am, I was expecting him, showing him that level of favor. Maybe if I have not given him way to pass, he would have waited for another five minutes. Maybe another, somebody will not do anything, give him that room. And sometimes it is the way of me feeling good that I've done something good today. Amen. But immediately, sometimes, just as they go and I don't see anything, I say, look at this one. But just as I finish, I will see maybe the hands raised or I will see the the hazard flashing, I say I should have waited a little bit. As humans as we are, when you do something for somebody that is worthy of thanksgiving, you expect and they don't say it. You even say in your heart that you will never do any such thing for such a person. Am I the only person? Let's be honest with ourselves. At least, if not by the word of God, in the words of the late Larry King, Larry Ziga, he says, be honest with your audience. When you are honest with your audience, they will not leave you. So let's be honest with ourselves. Am I the only one? How many times? Can you remember the number of times that you show some kindness or favor to somebody? that immediately when you expected them to say thank you, they did not say it. You said in your heart, 
meaning you did not verbalize it or vocalize it, that you are finished. I will never help you in this manner before. Am I the only person? Hallelujah. I don't, <laughs> praise God. I'm not alone. I'm not alone, Dickness, Nana and Dickness, Betty are with me. So me and my leaders, we are, we are being honest. Amen. God bless you for being honest. Yeah, uh, Lady Gifty, I can see your test now. She's now following. That is the, the effect of uh, the bystander effect. Amen. Now they cannot stay alone. When they see that people are jumping in, they also jump in if they have not. <laughs> If that's even consented, you know, that's my little bit of psychology there. Amen. But when I'm preaching, I don't do psychology. It's purely spirit. Amen. We, we are not hypnotizing anybody here. We are simply telling you the truth. And the knowledge of the truth, the application of the truth, will deliver you from every mediocrity in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So your position, your disposition, your manner is your attitude and it can be positive or negative. Amen. It can be positive or negative. In, in the early 90s, there was this cliche, your attitude determines your altitude. And that time, all the preachers, every conference that you go, you hear a preacher say your attitude will determine your altitude. In other words, your attitude will determine how far you can go in life. And that is to put into perspective, if you have a bad attitude, you will not go far. And if you have a positive attitude, you will go far. So your, your manner, your disposition, your position of thankfulness is your attitude. What is your position or disposition to gratitude? And as we are, I believe you are getting something for tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. And the, the earlier we capture the foundation and we begin to build on it, the more fruitful we become. Somebody, you miss a good place to shout amen. I said that the, the earlier we capture the foundation, or we understand the foundation of cultivating gratitude. Hallelujah. The better we will become fruitful. Amen. Because we know that when you invest time into preparation, your harvest will not be scarce. Somebody shout amen. I want us to look at one of my favorite Psalms. My favorite Psalms. Psalm chapter number 34. 
Amen. Psalm 34. And next week, we will go into the scripture precept upon precept. Hallelujah. And from next week, we're going to have a very interactive midweek services. I'll be asking you questions. I'll ask your contribution, your opinion, and your, your position on some of the things you'll be talking about and how your experience of being, grat being grateful, your experience of being thankful, the number of times you say thank you that you received more and the number of times you refuse to say thank you that you doors were shut at you. Is somebody with me tonight? Are you receiving something for tonight? So I believe the Lord wants us to flourish. That is the mind of Christ for us. It is the year of acceptance for each and every one of us. Hallelujah. So if we will flourish in this year, there are certain attitudes we must develop. Cultivating simply means we don't have it. Hallelujah. So what the farmer does is they haven't got it already. So they're going to work at it. They are going to work on it. So they are working on their farm. Even the seed that they will plant, they take the pain to remove the dead seed. So they don't do a, a fruitless work. So they will make sure that they remove all the dead seed and plant only good seed. And that takes time. They cultivate. They prepare. It's a painstaking moment. And I believe that is where the Lord wants us. That we will not just think we have arrived. We are not there yet. That we will continue to work on ourselves. Beloved, each and every one of us is a vast land that we are telling, that we are working on. How many of us here keep saying that I am a work in progress? I am a work in progress. That simply says that we have not arrived yet. So each and every day, there is something we must put right. There is something in our life we must stop. And there are things in our life we must continue. It means that we are not there yet. So we are constantly working on ourselves. Amen. Psalm chapter number 34. For me, it epitomizes the whole attitude of gratitude. And from next week, if God gives us the grace, you begin to look at various portions of scriptures and people, personalities in the word of God that showed gratitude and what happened to them and those that did not show gratitude. 
and what happened to them. Because the scripture is such a balanced book that it always gives us both scenarios. And in fact, it admonishes us to make the choice. So I am not enforcing any doctrine or teaching over you. But I will lay the facts bare. Even if we did not know before, the scriptures always admonish us to be honest. Being honest. Amen. So we will be honest with you as we have always been in Bread of Life Ministries. Amen. I remember when we started ministry, one of our spiritual fathers, Bishop Asare, said to me, he called me Ejeric. Eja means father. He was a bishop, but he called me Eja. He said, Ejeric, you must speak the truth at all times. That is the counsel he gave me. And by the grace of God, I've kept it to the best of my ability. You must speak the truth at all times. He said, if you don't tell the truth, your congregation will know the truth and they will leave you. That if you tell your audience the truth, you got them, they will not leave you. But he said, if you tell them the truth, some will leave you, but they will go and discover that you told them the truth and they will come back. And I've seen it in our ministry all over the years. I've seen people left Bread of Life Ministries. They come back and you have a conversation with them and they say, Pastor, you told us the truth. Amen. I've known members of Bread of Life Ministry after I have preached and given them the truth. They will go to their various home and I'll, they will abuse me. The pastor doesn't know what he's talking about. This time and age. How can he be talking like that? And the same people will come back to me and say, Pastor, we have seen that you told us the truth. We ourselves. He said that, ah, what are you talking about? They came back and said, what you said was the truth. If we had listened and applied it, I think we would have been better than where we are at now. Amen. So we give you the truth, then you choose what you do with the truth. And Bishop Asai told me, when Jesus appeared before Pilate, said that you can do nothing against the truth but by the truth itself. That means truth stands. You miss a good place to say amen. Psalm 34, and I will end tonight's session service with this. And next week, by the grace of God, you begin to add flesh to the skeleton. 
Amen. I will bless the Lord at all times. What an attitude of gratitude. Amen. What an attitude of gratitude. I will bless the Lord at all times. At all times. So whatever time, season, I find myself, I will be grateful. And how many of us know that all times does not only mean the good times. It doesn't only mean the happy times. It doesn't only mean the times that you've had all your prayers answered. It doesn't mean when you've got everything working for you, all your bills are paid. Everything is working in your favor. All times also include, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it's also all times. All times also include the God that we serve is able. And even if he does not deliver us, we will still not bow. Even in the burning furnace is included in all times. All times includes Severe famine. When you are in debt, when the creditors are seeking your blood, when the bellies are sending in what the letters and harassing you, that is also all time. And when you are at that season of your life, the night season of our lives, are the most unpleasant seasons of our life. When you are in the night season, weeping may endure for a night. When you are in that night season, can you lift up your voice? What is your attitude in the night season? Do you think of thankfulness? Do you think of gratitude? Do you think of gratefulness? In the ninth hour, how is your manner? Can you spend time and recount on his goodness and be thankful in the ninth season? The psalmist declares, I will be thankful. to the Lord at all the times of my life. Beloved, I believe if we can receive just not the whole verse of Psalm 34, but if we can just take the A part of verse one, 
I will bless the Lord at all times and act upon it, not just say it with our mouth, but mean it with our hearts. Beloved, we will be fruitful without measure. Because one thing God cannot stand is ingratitude. Did you receive something tonight? I said one thing God cannot stand is ingratitude. And next week, I will show you why God cannot stand ingratitude. Did you receive something for tonight? I want you to meditate on this psalm even as we go through this series, cultivating an attitude of gratitude. The Lord bless you and keep you. And it is my prayer that all of us will develop this attitude, this position, this manner of thankfulness, that irrespective of where we are in the spectrum of life, we will not cease to be grateful. And let our gratitude be infectious that whosoever comes around us will also begin to cultivate this gratitude attitude of gratitude. May the Lord bless you as we seek to constantly work on ourselves to the place he has called us and ordained for us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he give you insights and the ability to learn to be grateful to your fellow man, your fellow woman, your neighbors, your colleagues, your cousins. When your husband makes you a cup of tea, do you say thank you? When your wife prepares your dinner, do you say thank you? When they wash your things, do you say thank you? When they fetch things for you, you can't find, do you say thank you? When your kids do some an errand for you, do you thank them? Beloved, if we can't say simple thank you to the people that are very close to us, how can we then say thank you to God for the things he does for us, whom we do not see? Are you receiving something? Hallelujah. May the Lord help us. In Jesus' mighty name. And now, unto the eternal wise God the possessor of the heaven and the earth, the one who spoke and the world came to being. Everything lacking in your life, as he speaks, may you begin to see the fulfillment in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. As you cultivate this attitude of gratitude, as you find and seek every moment to be thankful to God, may he look upon you with favor, acceptance, 
increase and fruitfulness. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. God bless you and keep well.